Hey everyone, it is Jeff from MCS Mag, and welcome to podcast episode number 181. Now, contrary to what some of the fantasy preppers out there may believe, no, you are not going to strap your bug out bag onto your back and take off into the wilderness at the first signs of the apocalypse. That's just stupid. In fact, trying to outrun death and destruction should not require you to run at all. Not when you have a four-wheeled option that can get you to safety much faster, right? But it does require you to properly prepare a vehicle, your vehicle right now, to be ready at a moment's notice to get you and those you love out of Dodge when the time is right. And how you do that is the topic of this week's podcast episode. Oh, and, and don't worry about taking notes because, as usual, we've done all the work for you with this week's free show notes, complete with the audio, full transcription, and a handy-dandy little cheat sheet with all the most critical tips from this episode for you to use right away. All you have to do is go over to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 181 and pick it up there. And now, let's jump into this week's episode. bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. You've seen it in countless survival and disaster movies. Volcanoes are erupting. Great chasms are opening up in the earth. Fire and brimstone and plagues of frogs are raining down from the sky. But don't worry... Here comes the hero, strong jaw, McHandsome face, riding to the rescue in his pimped out monster truck, complete with roof rack, snorkel, and mounted 50 caliber machine guns. Now, there isn't a prepper on the planet who hasn't fantasized about creating the ultimate bug out vehicle to plow through the zombie hordes and arrive safely at his survival bunker. But for the average Joe and Jane, who still want to be able to drop the kids off at soccer practice without being labeled the neighborhood doomsday prepper whack job, there's a better way. You see, it's more about how you outfit your current vehicle for your obstacles that you may face in a forced evacuation than it is building out the ultimate Mad Max mobile. So let's make that happen for you. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And today we're talking with survival and tactical expert Ryan Lee Price to find out what you may not know about tricking out your bug out ride. Ryan, welcome to the program, man. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Really good to have you on here. Read your, uh, we've been seeing your articles in the magazines and, uh, definitely this is a topic that's really interesting to a lot of people. And I think it's one of those areas where I think people are, are, are either not preparing for or they're doing things and not thinking about either repercussions or other things they should be doing to kind of better set them up. So I'm really looking forward to this. Um, listen, everybody, chances are very good that you've read some of Ryan's work. Ryan is a prolific freelance journalist who specializes in outdoor adventure, emergency preparedness, and for the benefit of this podcast episode, the automotive industry. Now, he's contributed to multiple, several publications for survival, including Survivor's Edge and Real World Survivor, and is a longtime hiking and camping enthusiast. He currently resides in California with his wife and his two children. So, Ryan, this was a kind of a challenge that we set out for you because, again, I, I think that a lot of people out there that are trying to prepare for an evacuation and 
obviously, you know, there's the, there's a doomsday prepper crowd that might think that you just put your bug out bag on your back. You grab your AR-15, you start walking across the wasteland. But of course, you want to get as far as possible, as quickly as possible. Your vehicle is going to be the primary way that you get there. But I do think that a lot of people maybe don't have the best perception of of what they're doing or whether it's the right place to start. And actually, it freezes a lot of people up because they think it's so daunting because they do need the Mad Max mobile. So what I did was we challenged you with what are the top five things in, in your work with survivalists and, and these people, like the five things that you think people really don't either understand or aren't preparing for that they should. But I think before we get into your top five list, for those people that are thinking, gosh, if I don't have the Mad Max mobile, I'm kind of screwed. What would you say is kind of the starting point for somebody really looking at their evacuation transportation in how they need to look at it or or maybe the biggest misperceptions that they have about bug out vehicles in general, like what's that starting point that we should look at? Well, I think you said it. I think the, the biggest misperception is that people feel they need to have that Mad Max vehicle. They need to have the, you know, the four by four lifted, you know, 12 inches to be able to climb over everything. But that's just not exactly true. Um, the best place to start is in your garage right now with the vehicle you currently own. Um, if an emergency happens, then maybe it'll happen tomorrow. Um, you need to be prepared, and uh, if you're not going to be able to run out and buy a you know a four by four or you know some sort of lifted truck, so I think the, the like I said the best vehicle is what's in your garage. Um, it depends on a lot of factors, uh, of course. You know how many people are in your family or in your party or in your your, your group that's going to be heading out with you. Um, how much gear you have to put in the in your car or your your truck or your SUV, and then what terrain you're going to be encountering. It depends on you know uh, of course if there's an earthquake and, you know, your, your neighborhood's leveled and you need to just go a few miles down the street, you know, then, then any car will do, of course. But if you've got a, a specific location in mind, say a cabin in the woods, that sort of thing, and uh, you may need something a little heavier, a little more like maybe a four by four, something along those lines. However, you know, you've got to work with what you have in your current, you know, arsenal of cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's go ahead and, and jump right into kind of like your top five list here. I mean, I, I, I'm just basically handing this over to you, but we'll take them one by one. So, again, my challenge to you was what are, what are the top, your top five list of things that people are preparing wrong for when it comes to their bug out vehicle or they're not preparing for at all that they really need to pay closer attention to? So let's, let's start off with, with item number or tip number one. What is, uh, what is the first thing that's on your list? I think the first thing on your list is is being able to physically get there. All right, if um if your your car or your truck or your SUV isn't equipped to handle the road or isn't equipped to handle the terrain or breaks down, then it doesn't do you any good, and you're gonna be you'll be stuck and you might be even in a worse situation when you start it. So what I have in my truck, I've got a, a Ford F two fifty, four by four. is my um you know my daily driver, of course, but it's also you know, my go to bug out vehicle if that situation arises. Um, you need things to take care of the vehicle itself. So you're looking at, you know, air pumps for to get your tires inflated, uh, the jacks to replace tires, um, oil and gas uh, and uh, um, radiator fluid. All right. And say if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you come across an, a, an abandoned car and you, you need a siphon pump to get the, that car's fuel out, uh, jumper cables if the uh, if your battery goes dead. Um, a couple of things I keep in my truck is a. Uh, uh, escaper buddy, these, um, traction mats from, um, from Maxa, 
uh, innovations. They uh, will get you out of sand traps and, and other other things where, you know, you're just spinning your tires. So, and then, of course, uh, to keep everything, uh, you know, to lift it all up, if I have to, if I replace a tire, is a, uh, a high lift, you know, jack. So it's things like that to keep your uh, keep your truck or your car actually physically moving because, you know, a lot of good it will do you if, it's, if it breaks down. Yeah, and and that applies whether you're driving a Pinto or whether it's your Ford, two, uh, you know, FT50 and everything too. So that so that is really good advice for people, even if they don't have a four wheel drive. Different things that you know you're still going to hit obstacles, and so all of the all that equipment applies no matter what. So good information. All right, so what's number yeah. two on your list of the uh, kind of the the bug out vehicle mistakes that people are making, or perhaps that should they should be making? Okay, the next uh, the next thing on the list, of course, is to take care of the people inside the car. So you're looking at food and water. You know, you've got to stay hydrated and you've got to stay well fed. Otherwise, it's going to be a pretty short trip. Um, you can last for a couple of weeks without food and you're not going to really enjoy your trip, but you're only going to get a couple of days or three or four days without water before it becomes a serious situation. Um, so in my truck, I've got uh, food for three days for each person. And then it's not as much as you might think. Uh, on the market, there's... Um, nutritional bars that you can do that have, you know, 2,500 calories or, or a, a block of them that can feed a, a group of people. And granted, it's not great eats, but you know what? You're going to stay, uh, you're going to stay with nutri, um, you're going to, you're going to stay well fed. Um, also I include water, uh, three gallons is what I have in my truck, which isn't a whole lot, but, uh, it's in a collapsible, uh, three gallon container. Um, the trick is usually they can stay, say one gallon per person per day. Um, but that also includes for hygiene as well, which, you know, is, of course, is important. But if you're uh, in an emergency situation that's going to only last three or four days, um, then you can cut back on that. Um, plus, water is really heavy, uh, so you can't necessarily can't take a lot of it. Um, and then also, uh, you need ways to cook the food that you bring. If you've got, you know, you need to boil water if you're, if you're bringing, you know, rehydrated food. Um, so I have a few ways of starting a fire. Uh, matches, of course, and lighters, and then even a couple little tricky things like parabolic mirror and, and things like that. Yeah. So I think it's important to, uh, you know, the, the next thing is to take care of the people in the car. So you're talking about having this, this should always be stored in your vehicle. You're not talking about like having this in the garage and then, oh no, earthquake happened, let's get back home to load this up. You're saying like, this is stuff that you have right now, ready to go. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Everything on this, everything on this list, I currently have in my truck at all times. Gotcha. So, and then the, the water and the food that um, is semi-perishable. It's usually five years. Uh, you know, you make make note of it, and I always rotate it out. Uh, the water specifically, because I've got a, a bunch of it in um, uh, just water bottles. You know, which which isn't necessarily the best way to do it, but so I rotate that out, like you should do. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think this is important also because I do know I've met a lot of preppers who they keep all of their supplies, their bug out bag and everything back home. They've got their little bat cave there. They just kind of store away everything. And then they just figure like, okay, black, you know, grid goes down or whatever it is. You know, Kim Jong-un is flying ballistic missiles over here. I'm going to get home, grab my stuff and go to where, you know, my under my my five mile underground bunker is going to be. And you might not have that opportunity, right? You mean your your house right. could be destroyed with the tornado, all of your stuff right. is just gone there. You might just only have what's in your vehicle if you're at work or something like that. So right. yeah, it makes makes and, a you know, and think about how much time you actually spend at your home. You know, if you work and then you commute and then 
Um, you know, you do other things after school. If your kids have activities or if you're out shopping or, you know, you've got all these other, other things you do. Think about the time you're actually physically at home and then think about the odds of something happening while you're gone. So, you know, it's a great idea to keep a whole load of stuff in your garage ready to go in a box, you know, specifically, say, by the door, ready to go. Um, however, that's only good if you're there to get it. You know? Yeah, yeah. right. Okay, we are talking with Ryan Lee Price about bug out vehicle tips and tricks that you don't know. And we've only hit the first two of his top five. And I can't wait to hear what's coming up. But before we dive even deeper, check out this special message. In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back with Ryan Lee Price and his top five bug out vehicle tips, tricks, and tactics. We have three more to get to, so let's go ahead and jump back in now. All right, Ryan, so uh, we've got a good list going here. So what is number three on your top five list for bug out vehicle? Uh, number three is... Number three is first aid. So again, it goes along with the, the one prior to that. You know, you've got to take care of the people in your car. Um, more than likely, if something's going to make you and force you to leave your home, uh, there's going to, it's going to be something fairly horrific. Uh, say like an earthquake or a tornado or, or something that's going to destroy your home, which is the reason to leave it. So more than likely, unfortunately, someone's going to get hurt. Um, so you'll need first aid or, uh, or a, a, you know, a decent first aid kit to, um, to help the people that are hurt along your way, um, because maybe you're not going to be able to go to a hospital or there won't be emergency services to come help you. You'll have to take care of yourself. Um, so I keep a couple of different survival, or I'm sorry, first aid kits in my car. Uh, one specifically is the, uh, the Sokola survival system. Um, it's really kind of a whole, uh, it's a big three in one sort of, it's got a bunch of survival components in it, but it's got a decent first aid kit. Um, and then another one is an Echo Sigma trauma kit. And that one's a little more robust. It's got, um, some, it, it, it can treat anything up to like gunshot wounds. So it's, it's, that one's a pretty good one too that I keep. Um, as long as you have something, uh, to handle, you know, cuts and burns and bruises and, you know, th- and things that will happen normally, like 90% of the, the accidents you'll get will be, you know, cuts and burns in, in an emergency situation. So as long as you have something along those lines, to, to uh, take care of those things, then I think you'll be fine. Um, a suture kit wouldn't be a bad idea, as well as, say, a uh, tourniquet, you know, along for those things, too. 
Yeah. Well, and of course, everyone's got to be make sure you can back up the gear that you're also carrying, right? That goes with everything when it comes to survival gear. People get very focused in on having the gear. They become gizmo people, but don't necessarily have the skills to put behind it, whether it is a fire starter and you don't really know how to use the fire starter, or especially when it comes to first aid stuff as well, because you put on a tourniquet, especially if there's no emergency personnel to to do anything once that tourniquet is on, if you didn't need a tourniquet, you might just be losing, you know, taking off somebody's leg thinking like, Oh, there's bleeding there. It doesn't necessarily need a tourniquet. You strap one on there thinking it's a tourniquet and the person loses their leg. So you've got to back all this stuff. I've seen a bunch of people like get like IV bags and their suture kits and things like that and have no idea how to put in an IV other than what they've seen the nurse do at the, at the hospital or whatever. So, Right. Yeah. And some will, and some will just say, well, I've got a first aid book. That'll tell me how to do it. Well, as the person's bleeding out, are you going to find the right page to get to it, you know, to find out what you need to do? So just owning a tourniquet's not, uh, not enough. You've got to learn how to use it. You got to learn how to use it quickly and, and properly, of course, like you said. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's awesome. a really good point. So I guess the, the flip side of that is if you're sitting there bleeding, do you want the person doing work on you breaking out a, a book and trying to figure out how to stop the bleeding? <laughs> not a good exactly. situation to be in. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and, and hit uh, number four on your top five list for bug out vehicle preps. Uh, number four is an easy one, shelter. You know, you got to stay somewhere. Um, you could easily say, well, I'll just sleep in my truck or I'll sleep in the back of my car. But say you have four people in your car and you finish full of gear for four people. There's not a whole lot of comfortable places to, to you know, sleep tonight. Granted, you can get away with it for a couple of nights. But what if you have to abandon your vehicle? You know, what if it's stuck in the, in the snow or stuck in the mud or stuck in somewhere? Or there's just stuck behind a barricade you can't get around and you've got to abandon it, but you've got to keep moving. So you'll need some sort of tent or some sort of emergency shelter, you know, a sleeping bag or, you know, just a, an emergency tube tent would work great. Or a tarp, you know, with, with some paracord that you can make, you know, you can fashion a tent out of. Um, I think that's also important. But along the lines of shelter I've included in there is, is keeping warm, like having a certain warmth element, you know, the sleeping bag. Or, and I also have a couple of, of inexpensive, you know, packing blankets because they're this thick wool that they use for, you know, packing furniture and whatnot. I keep those in the back as well because um, you can use it for insulation against the doors if you're stuck in the snow or you can just wrap up in it, which is great. Yeah, this is an important factor, too, because I think, you know, what we always talk about just from like my past military experience and things like that is is always trying to like pare down the size and weight of everything that you do, right? Like travel light freeze at night. That was our, that was our model, right? But in a vehicle, you obviously you can carry extra stuff. So that family tent, you know, a campground, a KOA campground might be a good temporary stopping point along the way. Hotels fill up, you know, people have no place to stay. It might be that you could be at a, a place like an out of the way campground or something like that for a night or two or something like that. But in those cases, yeah, a family tent, as heavy as it is, you're not carrying it on your back. And a ve- right. having it with your vehicle could be a great option there for kind of more or less luxury bug out, you know, camping if you would. <laughs> yeah. However, but like you say, if you do have to, for some reason, hoof it with nothing but you and your family and your bug out bag, you're not going to want to bring that. So having something like tube tent or a tarp or a poncho or something like that. It's going to be much less weight. You can abandon the full size, you know, condominium tent that you might have 
but having something as backup that you might have to bring with you and carry would be a, a good thing to have as well. So, you know, shelter, you know, not, it sucks to be wet and cold. <laughs> I think that's the important point you brought up is, is uh, having redundancy in all of these things. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, one way to start a fire, but we'll bring two ways, bring three ways. Cause it's, again, you're, you're in a car and there's, you know, four ounce lighter isn't, doesn't matter for anything, you know, so, so bring a couple of them or bring, you know, a different type of tent or different type of tarp. I think I've got two in my truck, you know, I've got a ground cloth and like a, just a regular, you know, the blue tarps, you know, that, that can work wonders for a variety of situations. Yeah. So redundancy is key as well. So. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I think we're on number five. So what's the, uh, what's number five on your list for bug out vehicle preps? Uh, well, number five, we've previously covered everything else. So number five is emergency tools. Um, when, when things happen, you, you got to be prepared. Um, so what I have in mind is a recovery kit for the truck itself, you know, with, with the winch. So in case I get, uh, you know, stuck in the mud, I can, I can hopefully, you know, winch myself out. Um, I have extra lights, you know, flashlights and headlight, you know, headlights for, for people. Um, I have tools for digging out, you know, the rugged ridge has a pretty good, uh, uh, steel handled tool that's got four interchangeable heads. So it's got like a, it's got an axe and it's got a pick and a sledgehammer and a shovel. And the whole thing weighs like 40 pounds, but you know, again, it's in a truck, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes with a big carrying, carrying bag, you know, so that's great to, for a variety of tools kind of compact and compact into one. So I'm not carrying a whole sh- full shovel. I'm not carrying a full, you know, uh, axe. I've got it all together. Um, so as well, uh, Echo Sigma has their get home bag, which is full of a lot of personal hand tools. You know, it's got gloves and it's got masks and it's got, um, actually it's got ration food as well. So you can just grab the bag and go if you really had to, but it's got a flashlights and, you know, paracord and zip ties. But in addition to that, I've, also augmented my truck with um, uh, bolt cutters in case you have to go through a chain link fence or we've got wire cutters too in case you come up with a onto a another type of fence you need to get through it or something you know get stuck in. and as well as a complete set of of hand tools you know wrenches and pliers and screwdrivers and just all those things that you would need you know eventually so there's a lot of, a lot of different things you can include into that big heading of emergency tools um and as well as, you know, things like personal items, like toilet paper and, and, uh, you know, other things for other people in your, in your party if they need them. So, yeah, you bring up an important point too. So I think no matter what it is, we talk about firearms training, we talk about self-defense, we talk about all this stuff. And, and the biggest obstacle I think a lot of people have is they're always thinking best case scenario, right? Like I'm going to get in my vehicle. I mean, most people know now that they're likely to hit a virtual parking lot once they hit the major highways, if it's a mass exodus out of the area and stuff like that. So I, I think people, people get that. But if you take a different route, they don't necessarily think of, oh, gee, I just hit a chain link fence or I just hit a tree in the road because it's a natural disaster. And now how do I, you know, do I... And I have nothing to chop my way out of that. Now do we have to turn right. back around and go back toward the disaster or back toward that virtual parking lot? And so people really need to stop thinking more in terms of like best case scenario and think, okay, let's just spitball like all the things that could possibly go wrong and let's make a plan for those things. Let's have a tool for right. those things. Now what's the best way to store that in the vehicle so it's always there if we ever have to use it? So I think that's a really important point. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Awesome. Well, Ryan, I really appreciate you taking some time for us today for uh, for this. And you have a you have kind of that unique. You have, you're from the automotive industry as well as the survival industry, so I, I was really looking forward to the, the information that you had uh, in pairing those two together. So I really appreciate it. Um, listen, everyone, um, 
uh, check out any of uh, Ryan's writings. Go ahead. You're going to start seeing his name. Now that you've listened to him, you're going to start seeing his name as you're pulling over the, uh, off the, uh, the magazines like Survivor's Edge and things like that. So go check it out. Get some more training from him. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.